Thank you for listening to Sports Unfolded here on Anchor. We want to thank Anchor for everything they've done. It is easy to use, so I suggest everybody get out there and make a podcast, put it on Anchor, and show it to the world. So once again, thank you for watching Sports Unfolded on Anchor. Thank you very much. Hope to hear from you soon. The Wrestling Den is on. Welcome to another episode of The Wrestling Den. I apologize. We had some technical difficulties. We are waiting for some people to show up. I understand that we are currently live right now, so we are, we are just going. I'm your host, as always. I am um, Macho Man Ricky Savage. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, Macho Man Ricky Savage opening up The Wrestling Den. Yeah. We're live on Rhode Island Broadcasting, YouTube, and Sports Unfolded every Thursday, usually at 7 p.m., but tonight we're going to be at 7.16 p.m. Sorry about that. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Sports Unfolded, and you can now follow us on our new webpage at The Wrestling Den. That's right. We are The Wrestling Den Podcast. We are a, a page on Facebook. Go follow us. Please go share us to your uncle, your dad, whoever your relatives are. When you meet them at the holiday for dinner and they're at the dinner table and they're putting your relative through it, Share that link. Let them follow us. Have them watch. All right? You can also follow us on Anchor, Spotify, and Google Podcasts if you prefer to hear my voice. I know the mug right here is, is just saying, hey, go listen to me instead. Trust me. I understand. Please go do that as well. All right? So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, welcome to the Wrestling Den. We are your premier source of all things wrestling, past, present, and hopefully future. And I say that because... Last week, we talked about Hell in a Cell, and now I understand that Raw has passed, Hell in a Cell has passed, Father's Day has passed. Well, I did everybody else a favor here. I decided to watch Hell in a Cell. Yeah, I know. These guys are supposed to convince me to watch it, but I felt like I owed you guys, so I sat through Hell in a Cell. And let me tell you, you want to know how I feel right now? Coming into this this podcast, I knew right away I couldn't wait to talk about Hell in a Cell. I couldn't wait to get into it. I couldn't wait for Kenny to tell me what he thought about it, and I couldn't wait for Nick to tell me what he thought of the highlights of it. And how I feel, I don't know if you want to know how I feel. <laughs> they didn't get me to watch. I got me to watch. You guys got me to watch. They didn't get me to watch. This is why. This is why I am the champ. Because the champ is here. Right now, the champ is the only one here right now. So this is this is why I am your champ week to week, okay? Because I told you last week, I, I tried talking Hell in a Cell. We really didn't get much out of it, and I wasn't really convinced. But what convinced me was I knew that we had we had to talk about it. One way or another, whether I watched it or not, we were going to have to talk about Hell in a Cell. So it's a good thing I did, because if I didn't, we'd have nobody to talk about it. And then we wouldn't have a wrestling show. So the champ... Macho man, Ricky Savage, yeah, man, I like that, I like that, Eric, I like that, Macho man, Ricky Savage watched Hill in a Sale, yeah, and uh, let me tell you, the first match was incredibly, incredibly boring, yeah, 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 I was, it was Bianca Belair versus Bailey for the um, SmackDown Women's Championship, now I will say, they kicked off the show the best way they could, by being in the Hell in a Cell. I was really surprised by that. They they went in there. They wrestled for like 16 god-awful minutes. Kenny, the man, 
has arrived on time. Oh. Oh. And he's in his I'm car. Fine. Ladies and gentlemen, he is driving right now all the way to New York City. All right? <laughs> he's driving right now to Madison Square Garden. <laughs> so he can do... He could tell us how he felt about Hell in a Cell. Now, did you watch all the matches, Kenny? Yes. Oh, God bless your soul, man. Yeah. God bless your soul. Terrible. Um, I watched three quarters of Hell in a Cell, I would say, because I skipped to the last two. Um, but what <laughs> I was about to talk about Bianca Belair versus Bailey for the SmackDown Women's Championship in the Hell in a Cell. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say this right now, like I said, to kick off the show, they did it right by being in the Hell in a Cell. Uh, did they do anything interesting in the Hell in a Cell, Kenny? No. Not at all. I Not hope on your all. way to New York City, like Eric said, you're on your way to WWE headquarters, so you're going to be stopping in Stanford, right? And you're going to be telling them to cancel this pay-per-view completely. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, all right. Oh, oh yeah. Most definitely. Most good, definitely. Good, good. Yeah. See, this is, this is how I feel. I saw um, two things at Hell in a Cell. That made me not a want not want to watch at all, and not want to watch. I believe SmackDown at all. And you know what those two things are? You can take a guess if you want. I'm ready. I'm ready for you. I, I, I want. I want. I want you. I want you to take. I want you to take a couple guesses, Kenny. I want, I want a couple guesses out of you right now. You tell me what those two things would stop you from wanting to watch SmackDown or Hell in a Cell, besides the wrestlers. Uh, predictable. Actually, you're not wrong there. It was I will say that that main event was very predictable. I mean, the whole pay-per-view was predictable, but there's like little moments that I will I will say that despite the lackluster how I feel of a pay-per-view, there were little moments that happened that kind of like those moments carried the pay-per-view. Like if you want to talk about having a pay-per-view, I'm not gonna say they were pay-per-view. There was no pay-per-view worthy matches that I saw. Okay, there's no pay-per-view worthy yeah. matches that I saw, Me but neither. for the ones that held up was Alexa Bliss versus Shayna Baszler. And the other one was Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens. Now, I'm going to put a pin in those because just because I'm saying that they held up the show does not mean I don't have any uh, bullets fired for them either. I will say, though, Bianca Belair and um, Bailey, uh, the predictability of that was that I didn't see Bailey winning. Um, spoiler alert, uh, Bianca Belair retained the title. Of course she did. She's been on a, a, a push. Mm-hmm. And I have nothing against Bianca Belair. I, it's not that it, I don't see. I just don't know what to grasp of her character in terms of she whips people with hair. And that's one of the biggest high spots of that match was Bailey was holding a chair. Okay. Bailey was holding a chair and Bianca Belair used her hair to hit the chair. And it scared Bailey, who has a steel chair in her hand. And, and, and she's, she's rebuttaling. She's, she's smacking and she's whipping the hair against the chair and it's making Bailey fall back. And then it, it distracted Billy enough for her to take advantage of it and drop kick her with the chair. Like how stupid is that? Like how are you trying to fool me with a spot like that when I've seen it all, you know? Yeah. I, I don't know what the writers are doing. I don't know what Vince is doing. I don't know what Triple H is doing, but they got to put a better product out right now. Because AEW is much starting to be starting to be much better than WWE. Do you feel like Hell in a Cell would have been a better pay per view had they had NXT Hell in a Cell? Yes. And now, why is that? Yeah. What what wrestlers do you think would have would have carried Hell in a Cell to victory? 
first of all, um, they needed some kind of spark, some kind of energy. Uh, Adam Cole, he could have done it single-handedly. You know what I'm saying? Adam Cole, he's great over there in NXT. You know? I mean, a lot of guys over there in NXT would have brought it, brung it. But I don't know if Vince wants to push the old guys or, you know, and the storylines have to happen, you know? I mean, the storylines are so pathetic, you know? I'm, I'm going to turn heel right here. You're going to turn heel? You can't I'm turn heel. I'm going to turn heel right here. <laughs> you can't turn heel. Kenny, I need you to be my face, bro. <laughs> I might turn heel right here for a minute. We're um, all going to turn heel tonight. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, right. Um, it's, it's just pathetic. It's just simply pathetic. Really pathetic. I haven't I'm going to say... I I agree that la- whatever that pay per view was was definitely like if if it's like watching Mike Tyson's fight or like watching Logan Paul versus Mayweather. If you paid for that, if you paid for that, which I did, I paid for Peacock, so I paid mm-hmm. for it, dude. And let me mm-hmm. tell you something, brother. I paid for it, and I'm mad, dude. I'm heated. Okay, if you paid Peacock to watch that, don't consider that a free showing. Even if you're paying four ninety nine a month, even if you're paying nine ninety nine a month, it does not matter. That pay per view was not worth a single dime. No. Not a single dime. Not a that single dime. That should have been released as one of the last things on the network to say, "Here you go. Here's your last freebie, dude. We're out." Because exactly. Yep, should have been a free. Right, exactly. Should have been a freebie, Rick. Yep, it should have been a freebie. And you know what? They probably should give people four ninety nine for the first month of Peacock for having to sit there and watch that pay per view. Hmm. I want my money, and I want it now, dude. Just like J.G. Wentworth. I want my money, and I want it now. So let me tell you. All right. We're going to get into the, the thing that really – this is what made me want to turn off the pay-per-view, Kenny, and this and this was just unbearable. And every match that had it made it more unbearable. I had to mute my TV, okay? Pat, Mac, Afee, and Michael Cole need to stay the hell off of an announcer booth. I don't care who the hell Matt Pat Afee is. I don't know who the guy is. Matt, Pat, Pat McAfee, Matt Pacafee. I don't care who his name is. This guy sucks ass. And I'm going to say that right now. It's my show. I'm dropping that, and I'm going to put a quarter in the jar because it's worth it right now. I could not stand two seconds of Pat McAfee saying, that's what Shada said, and that's what she's saying, and that's what he's saying, and that's what he's saying, trying to act like he knows what these wrestlers are thinking. What I'm thinking right now is he needs to shut up, all right? I I could not stand, yes, stick to punting and not Adam Cole's head off. Stick to punting and stick out of the WWE because I could not stand listening to his voice. And everything that he was saying on commentary, he is horrible. He doesn't belong anywhere near a wrestling ring whatsoever. And Michael Cole, I hate to say this because Michael Cole is no freaking better. Michael Cole is pretty much Pat McAfee's dad in terms of the announcing table. Okay, He is, at best, a guy who's there to kind of just throw in his two cents every little once in a while. When the guys like Jerry King Lawler, you know, Jerry the King Lawler and Jim Ross are on commentary. He's your guy to be like, ah, you know, uh, and then he shuts up. These two guys doing all the SmackDown matches, horrible. I could not listen to him. I was actually, when I was talking to Nick on the phone, I had to mute the TV. And I'm glad that he called me at the time because I swear to God, if I had to listen to Pat McAfee say, that's what Shayna Baszler's thinking, that's what Shayna Baszler's saying, one more time, I was going to put a bullet in my head. All right? I I have my gripes. I saw Jerry the King Lawler. I saw JBL 
both there, both ready and present up at some other booth talking for two seconds. I'd rather those two guys come down with all the controversy that they have, come on the table and kick those two guys off for the SmackDown matches. It was terrible. Nick, how are you doing? I'm doing good. You sound like you're doing. Uh... I'm a lot better now. Oh, you, got to, you got you got to vent to, to to Dr. Kenny there, and now he's he's your new psychologist when it comes mm-hmm. to Pat McAfee or what? <laughs> he turned heel. He turned heel. You haven't seen uh, heel yet. <laughs> we still right, got right. other matches, man. Uh, he's, he's, he's still a tweener, obviously. That pay per view so. is gonna make me turn heel. So Kenny. I'm going to throw this out there since I said Pat McAfee. This guy's getting clout off me saying his name so many times. The one thing that he said the most that night was that Bianca Belair, was it? He said Bailey threw Bianca Belair off the cell. He said she threw her off the cell. You know what she did? She ran at her, did this weird-looking rolling senton on the ground inside the cage and threw her against the cage wall. Now, it was an okay spot, and it was like, oh, wow, okay, that was kind of okay, cool. She did not get thrown off a of hell in a cell. No. Pat McAfee needs to be thrown off a of hell in a cell and through that announcer table. Go ahead, boys. I open this up with some why, heat. Why can't, they bring back, why can't they bring back Corey Graves, huh? You know he what? Was he great. was there. He was there. So the raw commentary team was Corey Graves. And those other guys, Brian Saxton and somebody else. And you know what? I don't even like Corey Graves. But I would have preferred Corey Graves over either one of those two knuckleheads. I would have preferred him ten times over. And I hate, I say this, emphasize, I hate Corey Graves. But I would have taken him nine times out of ten. With Byron Saxton, mind you, those two jokers, I would have taken those two knuckleheads over. my. Actually, if you give Michael Cole one of those two guys, He's decent enough to at least commentate and not be as annoying as, as, as McAfee was. I hate Michael Cole's commentary. I hate the way that he does it. But honestly, over Mamma Mia on NXT, Michael Cole can at least commentate the wrestling aspect of it. Not the greatest, but he can at least get through it. And it's not something that you're sitting there and you're hearing getting drilled into your head. But because of him and because of Pat McAfee as a group, and they, the title's off, dude. The title's up on the air because I – dude, I hope he comes at me because I'm going to punt him in his mouth so he can't talk anymore. Go ahead. Go ahead. I got, I got, a, minute, I got, a, I got a minute to breathe. Kenny, take over. Nick, take over. I got, I got, I got to think about this one. You're, you're Nick, will you calm him down, please? He needs to calm down. Will you calm him down, Nick? Calm, you know, you know, no, so you sometimes know. the best thing you can do is, is give him some space and his frustrations. So. And I broke my headset too, so that's just on top of things. Very nice. Is, what just now? Yeah, I, uh, I I went to turn around to put up my nice new uh, green screen over there, and I ripped out the jack, and it was in the computer. I had this is actually uh. So you're wearing a different headset. Yep. Yours has blue pads with black plastic. Mine has black pads with <laughs> blue plastic. Well, thank so you. We're, we're a tag team now. We're tag team now. <laughs> this is a, this is a tag team too. Kenny, what are you gonna do, man? You got you got me on uh, <laughs> the handicap match. Now, if you guys want to see me turn heel, the ice cream man has been my nemesis for how Ever. long, Rick? Fifteen years. Fifteen years. Yeah. So, wait, is he by you right now, or is he by you, Kenny? You got the ice cream man I over there. I think Kenny's got the ice yeah, cream. Yeah, right in front of me. 
can you please do me a favor? Can you please go order ice cream live? <laughs> I will pay you back. To, I'll pay you back. I'll pay you back the two dollars. You go drive up on him. I know you're in your car. Just honk your horn and drive up on him. <laughs> Be like, I want that. I want that strawberry eclair bar. <laughs> what are you what talking about? Ninja Turtles protect. all the way, dude. Come no, on. Get, no, get the SpongeBob with the, uh, <laughs> with the, the gummy with eyes. The messed eyes, yeah. <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> exactly. So, um, so, Rick, I take it you didn't enjoy the pay per view? Kenny, how do you feel about the pay per view? It sucked. Terrible. How do you, how do you, how do you feel about So, the, I talked about Bianca Belair. I stole your sunshine on that one, Mar Super Mario Sunshine. I saw you, Super Mario Sunshine, on Bianca Belair and Bailey. So Bianca Belair wins. Uh, oh, by the way, Bailey tied her hair to a chair, she tied her to a rope, and then Bianca Belair tied her hair to Bailey's arm, and basically just that was it. And then she won. So she left. Blah blah blah. Go ahead, Kenny. How do you? What was the next match that was on the card? Uh, you know what? I can't even remember. That's how bad it was. Let me let me try to refresh my my brain. Um. I think it was a raw match because I think we had a different commentary team. No, I'm pretty sure those two those two ass clowns commentated at least two two or three matches before they got him off of there. Um, it wasn't. I don't think it was Kevin Owens, was it? Kevin Owens and Sammy? No, it was Cesaro versus Seth Rollins. That's what it was. Cesaro versus Seth Rollins. Go ahead, because this was the match that you were talking about that you were. I wouldn't say most hyped about, but this was one of the matches that got you like, oh, this is going to be a good match. So, so I thought it was going to be exciting. It's going to be, you know, you know, a lot of drama. No, 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 no. What happened? Oh, did we? Did no. we? Um, no. no. I thought you said I thought it was going to be Kevin Owens and and Seth Rollins, not Cesaro. Did we ever? So hey, listen, listen. I I read the dirt sheet. And that's what they said as a lineup, and they were wrong. So they were definitely wrong. I will say that it was Cesaro. Okay, okay. I don't know how he got brought up into the mix. Who was writing these matches down? But yeah, I, I really don't know. So you're saying something was in the dirt sheets was wrong? Wow, that's a shocker. That's what's yeah. strange. It is strange. I think I fixed um. No, that wasn't me. Um, all I know is that Seth Rollins had his glove and Cesaro got a hold of it, wrapped it up in a ball, and he kicked it. And this is the thing about, again, Pat McAfee is the common denominator why this pay-per-view sucks so bad. This guy's he, he goes out of his way to make a stretch and talk about, like, the Euro and, like, how, like, Swiss won. And he's like, oh, he kicked it off just like in the Euro. And, oh, by the way, congratulations to the Swiss. And, like, this guy forced everything that he talked about, forced everything into there. And he, this, he's like, this is the most entertaining move I've ever seen. You know what movie that, that he was talking about when that happened? Seth Rollins has done the Black Magic how many times now? That move has been in his arsenal. I mean, it's not like his curb stomp that he does. It doesn't put people away. But it used to be his move, is his go-to move before he did, decided to do the curb stomp. One of them. Um, he does it. You know, okay, this is a classic Seth Rollins maneuver here. Waiting for Michael Cole to say, oh, vintage, vintage Seth Rollins. He didn't even say that. Michael Cole didn't even say that. But we got Pat McAfee over here saying, that's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Because Pat McAfee has never seen anything in his life in, 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 in involving a wrestling ring. So, 
Uh, Nick, if you're talking, we can't hear you. No, still can't hear you, Rockstar. All right. And there we go. Okay. All right. He will be back. Um, that's that's how Pat McAfee made me feel. I want to leave too. Unfortunately, I'm the host. I can't. He, technical difficulties. Go ahead, Kenny. In the meantime. So, I can't wait for the Royal Rumble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we can so we get we can get a surprise uh from like Stone Cold Steve Austin rooting rooting that moment, you know, having him come out or having like Shawn Michaels convincing him somehow to put lace up a pair of boots again. Guys that, you know, again, Stone Cold smart, not being in wrestling, but you know, Royal Rumble. Some kind of excitement, you know? Maybe it'll bring back Hogan. Rick. Yes. I figured yes. out what I was going to tell you. So I realized that even though we were supposed to convince you to watch the pay-per-view, you said we didn't convince you to watch it. And then you watched it anyway, even though you didn't like it. That's a W for me and Kenny then, right? Since you technically watched it. It's a W for our audience because the audience is the reason why I watched it. Oh, that's good. Yeah, you, you didn't give me one single reason to watch it. So, so what week. he's saying is like, yeah, I, I, you were supposed to convince me to watch it, and I watched it, but it wasn't because of you. Now that yeah. makes sense. Totally. Yeah, it was. It was for the people. Okay, it was for the macho maniacs out there, the wrestling denizen. It was for them. Mm, I didn't do it. it for you. I didn't do it for Kenny. I did it for the people. Mm. Actually, I did do it for Kenny because I wanted to talk to Kenny about it too. I knew he was so excited about that. No, but then Kenny came match. on too, and he was like, "It was horrible, horrible, horrible," and so I'm like, so, "Or terrible, or whatever word he used, <laughs> actionable phrase he used." I mean, I can't it. force Kenny to like something that was like basically a pile, you know. And okay, but you're, you. you're telling us it's our job to force you to like something that's a pile. No, it, it's it's your job so to convince me to watch that horrible crap. That's your job. Your job is to. I don't know when I became. Like I, I became like in the WWE's PR department. As far when you as well. when you sign up onto this show, that's when you became part of the PR department. Wait, you're on this show too. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I'm, I'm the damn host, man. <laughs> like you guys are my co-hosts. Diplomatic immunity. Hell yeah! This is this is, no dip, this is a democracy here. This is total capitalism. I'm taking over, dude. You guys are paying me I, I now. See. Yeah, that's good. Twelve. All right. Yeah, you got to pay me enough to get to four ninety nine a month for Peacock. So, Seth Rollins, uh, he beat Cesaro. I don't even know why they did this. So they kept saying Pat McAfee kept saying Cesaro, like, oh, you know, getting in the way. Seth Rollins, great. Like he's like, not today. You're not getting in the way of me. You know, like this whole thing he was playing up was that Cesaro was like trying to be a main event player, and like you know, Rollins like is not on my watch, and like that's like literally how boring his commentary was, and how. Just dry it was. That's exactly how it came off. And he's trying to hype this up. Like Seth Rollins is trying to prevent Cesaro, who doesn't need Seth Rollins to prevent him from being in the main event picture. The WWE's already been doing it to him for years. So he doesn't need Cesaro to bury him. He's already been buried for like at least five years. The only re most relevant thing he's done is be with Sheamus, and that wasn't even a relevant thing. It was two guys giving the, the, the this, the bar, and doing the, hey, fusion dance, and and then that was it. So he doesn't need Seth Rollins to bury him. He's already been buried. So congratulations. You buried yourself. <laughs> you, you played yourself. You buried yourself. That's what happens. Yeah, that, And, you know, honestly, 
with as many uh, tools and as talented as Cesaro is, it's just it's amazing how they've never known how to use him, and he can't be utilized in any form or fashion that will really put him over the top. And yet, they don't realize like putting a Dolph Ziggler or putting a Cesaro in a main event match for them to lose to an established star. That's not getting someone over. That's just using them in a spot for them to lose. Like, you want to know what tool he would be able to use the most and utilize? Watching the Wrestling Den every Thursday at 7 p.m. live on sport, Rhode Island Sports Broadcast. Sorry, Rhode Island Broadcasting. Sports right. No, no and maybe, maybe if he listened to what we had to say and our our opinions and our and and our tutelage, then he, you know he would he'd be getting over right about. You'd under, he would understand that you know this is where you want to be. You want? I think he needs some coaching from us. I think he needs to come watch this show, and I think he just needs to you know just like everybody else who who's tuning in right now, he's come watch the show. You don't even need to watch the pay per view now because we're going to tell you why you shouldn't. That's the new thing now. That's the new trend. We're all becoming heels now. No, hindsight's always twenty twenty, Rick. We can't tell them to not watch the pay-per-view after they probably already watched the pay-per-view. Don't watch the pay-per-view again. Yeah, don't watch it again after you've already watched it. After there's already no replay value in it. Like, right. But go ahead. You were saying I just want to make sure that I'm, I'm just, just saying, tuning in. I'm just saying you can't unring a bell. And <laughs> if they already watched Tell in the Cell, it's, it's over for them. My condolences. And, and and in all honesty, like I said uh, to you a little bit earlier today, I just think that the concept, when you oversaturate something like the Hell in the Cell match, what you're doing is a disservice to the match and the contestants in the match. Because what's happening here is like, okay, I saw this last year. And, oh, I saw this the year before. And I saw this the year before. Like, how many Hell in the Cell matches has Seth Rollins been in? Okay. Where before, when... Undertaker and Shawn Michaels stepped into the Hell in the Cell is because DX's involvement in the feud between Shawn Michaels and the Undertaker, the Undertaker as, as an entity, being the phenom, dragging Shawn Michaels to hell, taking him to hell, Hell in the Cell. It all made sense because it was proper build for a proper match type. DX was kept out of the cage. It was exactly. just Taker and Shawn in the cage, and you yep. saw that. No, in and in Sean's face, you saw it in his, like you mentioned, saw it in his face. Taker slams the door shut, and you're like, "Man, this little scrawny dude's about to get massacred," and that's that's why it works. However, now it's just a gimmick match for gimmick matches' sake at a gimmick pay per view, and all of a sudden, oh, we wrote the pay per view around the contestants, so you just shoehorned these competitors into the match, and so like you and I had mentioned to each other earlier, maybe what needs to happen: take a step back and retire the match type, retire the pay-per-view gimmick for a while, let it be forgotten. How can we miss you if you won't go away? And now I'm back, talking to the I'm talking to the hell in the cell right now. How can I miss you? Was gone. Backlash was go gone, away? and nobody missed it, and then they just decided to shove it back in there, and then we had this WrestleMania backlash thing or whatever. It's like, that felt like a forced pay-per-view that brought, got brought back for well, no Well, because reason. they made it, a, like, it was, it, they, it's like, they had to keep it simple, stupid. They had to treat their audience like they're the dumbest people in the world. Oh, it's now it's WrestleMania backlash. Like we didn't understand what backlash meant when it was the yep. pay-per-view after WrestleMania for 20 years or whatever. Like, don't talk to me like I'm stupid. Like, I get it. It's the WrestleMania backlash. Duh. Okay. <laughs> I, like, I, I'm just, that's, it, it's insulting. 
And then to have this these match types where you're, where you're trying to fit a circle peg into a square hole when you're trying to throw these guys into the hell in the cell when there isn't proper build and there isn't proper, you know, there's no storyline reason to lock these guys into a into a cage with a roof on it. Okay. And then you do it and we're all supposed to go, oh well, I used to love Hell in the Cell back in the nineties. So like <laughs> you just think it's like nostalgia to see a red cage that you can't see no, Nostalgia for nostalgia's sake, gimmick match for gimmick match's sake, and none of it makes any sense. And uh, as far uh, in the chat here, someone said they knew new writers. You know, honestly, like we were talking about last week, I hate to harp on a point over and over again, but maybe I'll just beat my head against the wall until the wall gives, right? That horse. If they, if they brought in these eight, like new agents who had history in a wrestling ring, had history in storytelling in the ring, you would have storylines and, and match types and finishes and high spots in matches and, and promos that made sense. You'd have things that made sense to a wrestling fan and had and made sense on a storytelling level. But because they bring in TV writers and they want to do this TV production and these comedy writers because they want to do skits with Santino Morella or whatever, you lose what made wrestling work for so long. You're getting away from the core point for these things that have worked for almost a hundred years and you're That's trying to make it, it always works. So why change something that works? Because I think Vince McMahon as a person, he like, he doesn't like to be known as a wrestling promoter. He doesn't like to, it to be known as professional wrestling. He wants it to be sports entertainment. He wants mm -hmm. his company to be at, on like Disney. He wants it to be like, uh, like th that type type of entity. He wants the, it to the be irony than of that statement, is. though, like Disney, because WCW appeared on Disney Studios when it wanted to be go, go but bigger. But it was still it was still professional wrestling. They still called yeah, it professional because they, they had the southern guys that get rid of them. Yeah, professional well, wrestling. It was professional like wrestling. Mike Tanay and you know Tony Schiavone. No, and and the truth is, and, and that's why Michael Cole. He's out there, and you were talking about him earlier. He's a the, like I Jim Ross is a professional wrestling announcer. And Jerry the King Lawler is a professional wrestling color commentator. Michael Cole has been a sports entertainment commentator for 20 years. Okay. And that's what drives you crazy about it. It's because his style, it's not good old JR and it's not the king. It's not that. It's these things that come before. And, and like I said, I was talking about this last week, drawing these comparisons that aren't fair. You're drawing a comparison to, to a low point in wrestling and a low point in, in everything involving wrestling to one of the hottest points in wrestling history. But, it, but even minds like like Samoa Joe, like even like I said, for even like um like if you got like Mike Tanay or Don West, who was just some guy doing sports memorabilia, what is it, on QVC or whatever, before mm -hmm. he went to TNA, like even they were entertaining to me. And then like and like as far as like Ring of Honors, um, you know, announcers, those guys that back in 2006, 2007, like they were just like, you know, you were watching it like a barn burner, but it was great because like they were delivering everything that you wanted to see. And then, you know, you got, you got guys like Taz and AEW, you know, and then he was in Lucha Underground. Uh, actually, Lucha Underground, of all people, Vampiro, okay, and Conan, like they were entertaining. Um, and I know they're wrestling minds and they came from the wrestling business. So as commentators, it made sense for them. But if you're going to be a sports entertainment announcer, 
even sticking into the company, sticking into the bubble of the WWE, talk about sports entertainment announcers, even Corey Graves and Brian Saxton are way better choices. Way be- Any match that was commentated by them that night, like I, I went and I watched, like those matches, I, I left unmuted because I, I could at least stand the unbearable. Like it's cheesy. Their commentary is cheesy. It's not anything great. But you know what? Like little references, like making the Winchester's res- re- reference in the Alexa Bliss match with um, Shayna Baszler. They were talking about um, Supernatural. Like he made a Supernatural reference with the Winchester brothers. And I was like, okay, a little corny. But at the same time, there's an audience for it. And they're probably watching this too. So it's like, it was, this guy at least tried. And it was something that was like, mm-hmm. okay, that guy, he's edgy. Cool. Corey Graves. But I got none of that out of Pat McAfee. I think Pat McAfee needs, like I said, needs to be thrown off the helmet. Why, why don't we just have an entire uh, show? Pat McAfee. We can have one week where you get to talk about Pat McAfee until the cows come home or whatever. I like um, that. In, in the chat here, though, they are asking Kenny how the pay-per-view could have been better. And out of the three of us, by the way, who would be a better writer? It would be Kenny. You know what? Um, last week, I was looking, I was watching an interview with Mark Henry. And he was telling how before he left WWE, he went to Vince and he says, I like to be a writer. I'd like to be this. I like to be that. And all these things, Vince says, yeah, okay, okay, well, I'll think about it. Then he says no. So therefore, he let Big Show go. He let Mark Henry go, which those are the guys he really needs because they've been there before. So now it's not... It's not entertaining. We call it sports entertaining. It's not entertaining no more. It's not. It's not. It is pathetic. Pathetic how you let these guys go that know the system, that know what's need to be done, that know what the crowd likes. So who do you have back there? Right, right. No, a bunch of bunch of TV writers that yeah, don't know. Yeah, exactly. Right. Nick. You, exactly. you had you had Freddie Prince right. Jr., but you got rid of him, and he was actually doing pretty good as a writer. Freddie Prince Jr. Okay, so 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 here's the here's the other aspect of what Kenny was just saying too, is that you know I think Vince can kind of see the writing on the wall when it comes to that stuff too, because if he's not going to use Mark Henry and he's not going to use Big Show other than to trot them out on an anniversary show and have Randy Orton embarrass them for no reason, then. Why not let Mark Henry, a guy who's been loyal to you, a guy like Big Show has been loyal to you, go get paid the billionaire's son's money in his wrestling promotion to go do commentary? It's not like they have to wrestle 300 times a year. So, like, honestly, and I know that's a way to sugarcoat it. Oh, Vince did him a favor or whatever, trying to make him look like the face here in this situation. But the truth is maybe that's what it was. I'm not going to – he's like, I don't have anything for you. And they're restructuring anyways, so why not just let him go get paid? And, and honestly, if, if once it comes to like a Hall of Fame merchandising deal and all that, Vince hangs his head on that all the time where he's like, oh, we'll come back for this and we'll, and we'll do a couple of things. We'll, we'll have the fan access thing at WrestleMania and we'll do the Hall of Fame and you'll get all this money. And then they bring him back for that. And then and around and around it goes like instead of just giving them something consistent that they can work with. So it, it's it's a double-edged sword thing. So you're like, if Mark Henry wanted to be a writer, should Vince have given him a shot? Yeah, should he stay? But again, I think the philosophy is is flawed here. He wants to get away from professional wrestling, and he wants it to be truly an, an <sighs> entertainment 
conglomerate. But the truth of the matter is, Vince, you need to look in the mirror and you need to read your own, you know, wording here. If entertainment's supposed to be in the name, then the thing should be entertaining. And like Kenny said, if he's not, if he's not entertained, and I'm not entertained, and Rick's not entertained, then all we're watching is we're just watching any old TV show. And to me, why would I want to do that? I want to watch professional wrestling. And it's become a dirty word. And I and I and I think Paul Heyman said it in a in a promo against Vince McMahon back in like the early 2000s after the invasion that Vince turned professional wrestling into a dirty word. And that's the truth of the matter. Mm-hmm. And now we want professional wrestling or at least an element of professional wrestling. Right. I mean, I in our it, entertainment to talk about uh, what was said in chat. Uh, it's always been a soap opera, but at least it was an entertaining one. At one point in time, it's always it's always been you know men's drama and and rightfully so action drama comedy you you were getting it all rom com dude it was it had romance you know and it's like the storylines were entertaining because from little to big on the card it didn't matter who you are the entertaining process that's why characters like Scotty Too Hottie get remembered because it wasn't like they were great wrestlers but it's because what they delivered for what was given to them you know. They handled it mm-hmm. and, and, and served it back on a silver platter. So, and that's not to, you know, I'm not saying credit or, or discredit Scotty to I'm just bringing him up as a prime example or Hurricane because these are guys that were never going to be WWE champion, were never going to be the face of the company, but knew their role, just like The Rock, know your role and shut your mouth. And they did it and they, and they brought it. You know, they were entertaining to watch. And you don't have as many, it's, it's not like that anymore where your two headlining guys are bringing the A game for everybody. Like, I think this is one of the things I saw. It was like in the time that Shawn Michaels wrestled the Undertaker in the Hell in a Cell, like everybody was on this thing because of the ratings war. This is the thing. The ratings really helped WWF. And I'm going to say WWF. It helped WWF come back in the ratings war against WCW because everybody was bringing their A game to try to increase the ratings and try to, you know, and then that's the thing. When Shawn Michaels and Undertaker would deliver or Mick Foley and Undertaker would deliver, like a Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock, it, it brought everybody to want to be and bring the best and bring their best to the table. And that's what they did. Everybody brought their best to the table and it was a one-upmanship and it was a good competitive thing for the WWF and the WCW. I think it just kind of all culminated and worked out perfectly. And and, and you can't replicate that. You know, you can't force a ratings war against AEW um, when there are people already doing on Twitch or Twitter, Twitch, whatever. It doesn't matter. Twitter. I see it comments all the time, every single week, every single Wednesday, there are, there's one guy posting. It was it Dave Meltzer's posting it, or somebody's posting. You know, here's here's how many people are watching AAW versus NXT. It's and it's like they're just beating a dead horse. Like, yeah, we know more people are watching AAW, but does that make the product that much superior? No, because even AAW I find boring. I find AEW boring, and that's that's me. <laughs> Wrestlers did used to be household names. You know, no, and 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 the, and the most uh, the most um, advertising or, or most spotlight that anybody got as far as a wrestler in the last little bit is that people had seen Chris Jericho on AEW after like some, a basketball game and everyone was tweeting about him and how out of shape he looked and how bad the product was like, what's Chris Jericho, a guy I know doing on this show with these kids on skateboards and stuff. Like it was weird. (laughs) Can they say that Chris Chris Jericho was, was Hulk Hogan when he went to WCW? Because he was, was looking like no, even even Hogan. No, because Hogan more, was stale was though. That's, no, because yeah. 
Hogan was stale. That's why Vince had let him go at that point. And when he signed with WCW, he was already old news. And then he, you know, people started tuning in because Hulkster was there. And then Macho Man Randy Savage was on commentary and hated it. So then he got signed two weeks later to WCW, you know, after, you know, telling Vince that he wanted to come off the commentary and wrestle. And Vince is like, oh, no, I, you know, I like you on commentary, blah, blah. So then all of a sudden he turns around and, and he signs for WCW. Well, AEW, you got your, your John Moxley and your Chris Jericho and your Kenny Omega. Those three guys were pretty much – I've seen the role between John Moxley and, and, and Chris Jericho from being WWE guys going to AEW. I felt like, but the only thing is I feel like they were more entertaining than obviously Hogan was when he came in because he was stale at that point. No, you say but, he was stale. Here's the thing. You say he was stale, but he's headlining pay-per-views. They were making money and building stuff up. And no, it didn't get as hot as it did until the NWO angle, but without Hogan, whether it's the red, it, it wouldn't be as big as it was without Hogan. That that yeah. no doubt about it. No, Hogan Hulk coming Hogan, into WCW even, is even what changed. Stay, I'd take stale Hulk Hogan over the hottest <laughs> version of John Moxley any day. I would take stale Hulk Hogan over freaking Pat McAfee any fucking day. Yeah, exactly. I'm saying that this is another swear jar, and I'm taking it, dude. I'm taking it. If you're listening right now and you're under 14, I apologize. Please, please turn off the show because this is not the one you want to watch. Because Pat McAfee. Is is I'm done. I I'm so done right now. But if there's a, if there's one match that you want to say that was was worthy of the pay per view Hell in a Cell match, what bet what was the best match, Kenny? What was the best match of Hell in a Cell? Probably the more Roman. What? What was it? Probably the one with Roman. And it was even on the it was even on the pay per view. Wasn't even on the pay per view. It was on Friday Night SmackDown before. They had moved it to the Friday Night SmackDown, and that was the match I was going to say was the best match of Hell in a Cell. Was the one that wasn't even there. Exactly. Do you know how many matches were in the cell? That not including Friday Night SmackDown. Don't include that. How many matches were were featured on the pay per view that were in the cell? Two. Not even two. 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 The first match and the last match should have been zero, though. Should, That's the should, thing. Should if they're just gonna, like I said, if they're just gonna push these guys into a cell and say fight it out, then without any proper build, then it might as well have been zero. Just have a pay per view. They should just just have a whole new pay per view called Backlash. Backlash. The backlash. The backlash. The backlash. The backlash. 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 Do I? Do I get a disqualification? Do I do I get to retain this title already via disqualification? Can we just write that up? Because my swears are is, is what's costing me to get these wins. I don't care if they're disqualifications; they're dubs for me. No matter what, I stay champ. Can we just all agree that I'm going to stay champ this week? Well, what we should do is talk to the GM and say that if Rick swears next week, then it's DQ, and then it's only my opinions and Kenny's opinions, and whoever's got the best opinions wins the belt. I mean, I honestly, everybody's bringing it their A game we this week, so that's that's a good sign. We might have to strip you, Rick. We might have to strip you, Rick, from your title. As much as you love to strip me, Kenny, it ain't happening. Okay, it ain't happening. These clothes are staying on, buddy. All right, the champ is remaining. <laughs> now, okay, if Macho Man could come from the grave himself and get on commentary, I would take him too over Pat McAfee, <laughs> roids and all. I, Roids and all, I don't care. If he can come from the grave, dude, and rise up six feet, dude, and take Pat McAfee with him, bring him back down to hell in his cell, I'd be okay with him commentating the rest of the night. And, and in all honesty, we, we, we did a rest, uh, Hell in the Cell episode. We, we talked about it. 
we previewed it and then it, it delivered exactly how I believe we all thought it was going to deliver. And so here we are now. We spent almost two hours talking about something that, you know, doesn't have a really sunny disposition. And so perhaps next week we could uh, roll it back, maybe talk about a classic pay-per-view. Maybe we could get into something that, uh, you know, we can all fondly remember and something that'll go into the, uh, into the vault instead of something that'll go into the swear jar. That will go exactly. And I'll tell you what, right now, um, I mean, I don't know how I, uh, how I personally feel with this pay-per-view. Uh, if you want to know what other lackluster matches have happened, um, it was Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn and some guy, uh, that was doing a Nigerian version of Umaga's thumb finisher. That's stupid. Uh, Hit Kevin Owens on Friday Night SmackDown in, in, in the twice in the throat with a thumb, dude. And and Kevin was it, Owens was was, was it at least was it at least taped taped? Thumb? No, it was not a taped thumb. This guy was wearing wearing some um, like Salvation Army uh, uniform that he found uh, for five ninety nine and purchased it. Unlike the bellhop uniforms that we did not purchase and should have, this guy went and purchased a suit at Salvation Army put it on and said he's some Nigerian prince that's going to spam your emails and just jammed his thumb right into freaking Kevin Owens' throat. And Kevin Owens was selling it like it was the worst thing that ever happened to a guy because he was pretty much coughing the whole night and telling us that he needed an exam. And, mm. you know, if anybody enjoyed that pay-per-view, I think you would need a head exam after watching it because it was not it was not in the bit least bit entertaining i i couldn't wait to turn it off and get through it but i i sat through every minute except for the last two matches rick i sat through every minute except for the last two matches that Mm -hmm. quote that okay so i want to point out that one that's not sitting through every minute and then two that i think everyone uh, wrestling fans the world over are aware that wrestling isn't something you should hang your hat on all the time especially the t- today's product, like the current product. That's why they want to turn to alternatives like AEW. They want to just see something different than the status quo. And to me, an alternative WWE as opposed to an alternative to WWE, there's, there's a different concept here, and I've heard this point be made before, is that you want to be an alternative to WWE. You want to be something people can watch that's, that's kind of a counter culture to this this kind of watered-down, generic cookie-cutter product that the WWE's you know, parading out here. However, with AEW, sometimes when you tune in, there being an alternative WWE, not an alternative to all of a sudden it's, it's like WWE with less production value. It's history repeats itself. Mm-hmm. TNA, WCW, AEW. What, what was the common denominator? They all had WWE guys in them. And what happened to them all? Not saying because WWE guys are in there, but because the product had basically a lesser value, with the same same stars that you've seen, it gets stale real fast. So even AEW, you know, I I'm not saying any predictions here are going to happen, but I feel like they're going to run their course. And I and I feel like because they don't have anything unique to offer me besides Jungle Boy. Okay, so you know, I like some of the cast that they have on there, but they're not utilizing their guys. And you know what? That's the mistake that TNA made. Back after 2010, when Dixie Carter came in, Hulk Hogan came in, Ric Flair came in, and it just got worse. That product that was really great from 2005 to 2010 started going downhill real fast. And you know what? Mm -hmm. It seems where where AEW started is where it picked up where they left off. Well, as soon as I saw 
Bischoff and Hogan on TV, I was like, oh, that's that's no good. Because we all know what comes after that. We've all we see we've seen that that story before. So why are we gonna? Well, they try to do it when the band came out. The, the band came out, and then like oh, they're like, no, this, this is a different area, brother. We're not taking over this time. We're all old. They're like, put easy, Scotty. Put down the booze. We're not taking over. And then, well, they took over, and then right down the hole. Yeah. No, they all, they all came and, out. They all came out with their leather jackets and they were trying to they're having a midlife crisis. Yeah, like, I'm coming through again. Dude. No, this is a second midlife crisis, dude. No, and, and and well well to relate it to AEW as well. You you say to yourself, "Okay, well, here comes Mark Henry and the Big Show and Jericho's over there and John Moxley and like you said the quote-unquote leftovers from the WWE and they go like, Oh, well, when these guys get, get given a, a, a real shot and they're out of the WWE system, they're really going to shine. I'm going to show you like, what was it? Ty Dillinger. What is that guy's name? Perfect 10 guy. The perfect 10. Oh my, uh, Sean, Spears. Sean Spears. Yeah. But, but, but it was Ty Dillinger, right? It was Ty Dillinger. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So he comes over and he makes like a bit of a splash. They put him in a program with Cody and then, after that, now he's just kind of faded into the background. That happened in TNA a lot as well. Someone would come in for every Christian Cage who would come Christian over and just hone, it, hone his craft and be the man like Christian Cage was in TNA. You bring there was a bunch of old WWE guys who just faded into the background. Tyson Tomko into the background Tyson because some, not everyone not everyone's not everyone's meant to be a top guy. Not everyone's meant to be that. And so sometimes it's not the WWE's fault. You can't get over. Sometimes you just can't cut the old mustard. Okay. And no matter where you are, you take yourself with you. So they can put Ty Dillon on Spears. They can give him a new name, new gimmick, new hairstyle, new feud on a new network. And guess what? No, exactly. Jake Hager or whatever. It's like, these people are underperformers and and for every time that WWE gets it wrong yeah you can say they got it wrong on that they got it wrong sometimes they probably just get it right and sometimes they send dudes packing because they have attitude problems they underperform in the ring so again though these people need guidance if if they are underperforming if they if they have like a good gimmick and and have a good physique and have a good mind for wrestling they need guidance from these guys who have been there and done that so instead of putting Mark Henry on commentary, instead of putting Big Show on commentary, why don't you get him in the back as agents and talk to some of these guys and tell them how to be those guys. Teach them how to do that thing, how to draw money, how to draw fans, how to improve wrestling as a whole. And that way, we as viewers can prosper as well. We get to watch the product of that hard work. Instead of just – sometimes I just feel like the cut corners – and they do these things like this, this, this um, feud they were doing with Cody against what was it like the entire nation of England or whatever the heck the 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 concept of that was. And they draped the flag over him, and he's all super mad about it, super disrespected. And I'm like, it it just they're rehashing something that happened back in the '80s, and it just doesn't make any sense now. Well, it, it, I know they did do a Hell in a Cell, but they did bring an octagon into a match to try to, you know, sway pe- the, the MMA, you know, fans, the more diehards that want to see real action, you know, and do this this really bad jump off the cage into a scripted punch that just looked horrible. And I think Jake Hager was in that match because, Mr. I'm MMA, and, you know, I'm the next Batista, and I'm the next Jose Canseco in an MMA match. It was terrible. It was the most horrible scripted Superman punch I've ever seen because they're like, 
legit, you know, how it's surprising in, in UFC and pride when you see somebody jump off the cage and hit somebody right in the face and they, and they get knocked out. These guys are like, we're going to do that. But fake, you know, because you're just gonna sell that. I'm, I'm gonna hit you. Like you're gonna. He bounced like he bounced off the cage like it was a set of ropes. The guy who got knocked in the head bounced off the cage like it was a set of ropes. Off the cage comes off, so that way he could get punched in the face. I think it was Jake Hager that bounced off the cage like it was ropes, and it was like everybody saw how fake it looked. It was nuts, and you know, I give them props for trying to innovate. And, and be a little late to the game that NJPW has already accomplished with, with you know, doing pride in NJPW. Actual MMA matches mixed into wrestling matches on the card. But I think they should just leave it to the professionals at this point, people that ha- know how to do it and utilize it right, rather than fake an MMA fight to try to appease well, we'll think about it like this. a tenth of the audience. Rick, think about it like this. When you saw Ken Shamrock on WWE or WWF television, back then tank you were you you know but you were aware that ken shamrock had beaten other guys in legitimate fights okay so that legitimizes the person so ken shamrock's there and you're like ooh, this guy the world's most dangerous man you're like this guy could beat up most of these other guys because he's supposed to be equally as dangerous or if not more so because he knows how to fight so that legitimizes him and he, and he looks like he knows how to fight now that talking that's that's something else but uh honestly I just genuinely believe if you're going to have someone be the face of the MMA aspect of your product, then that guy needs to be believable. And like you said, Jack Swagger, Jake Hager, whatever. I I don't believe in him as a legitimate fight. Yeah, he was an amateur wrestler. And yeah, he did some MMA. But was he like Brock Lesnar? Is he legitimized like that? Like when Brock Lesnar came in to the WWE again to face John Cena at that uh, Extreme Rules pay-per-view, you were like, gosh, this guy's been out of wrestling for a while, and I watched him legitimately beat people up in the UFC, so he's going to beat John Cena up. That's th- your I brain. Think, just- I, think, I think the Green Ranger, okay, Jason David Frank, has more legitimacy in the, in the MMA business than Jake Hager. The Green Ranger, mind you, who challenged CM Punk. The Green Ranger. I think he has right. more legitimacy. If you want to talk about getting somebody in there, the AEW rig, get the Green Ranger in there because I would watch that tenfold. That's what I want to see and talk about next week. That's what I want to see next week. I want to see it tomorrow. Well, well, here's what I'm saying about the next weeks as well. I, j- I just think, Rick, genuinely, we should get into something with, a, a, like I said, a, a sunnier disposition here. We should do, we should like a classic pay per view. We could pick something and and we could get off and running on that because then I think we can kind of remind ourselves why we love wrestling and reload, recenter, balance ourselves out, find that Zen. Okay. So what what should we watch then? Or what should we talk about in terms of? Well, I don't know if you want to go golden age or attitude era or anything like uh, SummerSlam 91. (laughs) Oh, okay. All right. All right. And And that's, and then SummerSlam 91, that's your match made in heaven. That's the marriage of Macho Man and Elizabeth. So there's that, Frick. And then you got your match made in hell, which is Warrior and Hogan <laughs> versus Sergeant, Sergeant Slaughter and I think uh, the other uh, the other two guys. But, but I can't also believe you chose it. I can't believe you chose no, this. Okay. No, I'm just saying it can't, it can't, it can't always, we, we, if we pick the best of the cream of the crop all the time, it rises to the top, all that. Like then it's gonna be it's gonna be a bad thing because also on that pay per view you do have Bret Hart versus Mister Perfect for the IC title, all time classic. 
You got uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, British Bulldog, and Kerry Von Erich versus, uh, it's like Paul Roma, Hercules Hernandez, and the Warlord, I believe. Something to that effect, six-man tag. It's got anything and everything and everything in between. And so what I'm saying to you, it, it might be a good place to kind of revisit something that's not necessarily a WrestleMania three. Okay. It's not a Royal rumble 2000, but it's still something. better than Hell in a Cell. Well, no, then we could talk about good things sure. and bad things, good things and bad things of that pay-per-view things. We like things we don't like and things we, you could keep things you could throw away that might help today's product. And we could, we could relate it to that yeah. if you wanted to as well. I'm just saying we got to understand, to understand how wrestling should move forward. And how it should recover. We should. We need to understand how wrestling works and how it doesn't work. And to me, that that might be a good place to start. Right at the beginning of the nineties. Kenny, what do you want to see the next couple of weeks? Something different. Something new. Let's 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 what let's talk about pretty much. We need to see something rock. old to hey. see something new. Let's call up the Rock and say, "Hey, let's get this storyline together." You said the Rock. I don't yeah. know if the Rockets save it. <laughs> no, no, I, you know that's what they're building towards, anyways. You know it's going to be the Rock and Roman eventually because of that. Because yeah. who's actually at the head of the table? Is it the Rock or is it Roman Reigns? Roman, because he said, like you know, Rock Austin doesn't matter. He said I'm the head of the table, and he challenged basically both of them. Well, only exactly. one of them's gonna one only one of them's gonna answer the bell because you know Austin ain't coming out of retirement. So, and the Rock's looking every time I see him. So. He's too busy filming Young Rock as a as a fake future president for us, which might actually become reality. We'll see. Well, I, I, to, to, to go on to Kenny's point here, wanting to see something new, I want to see something new too, and I think the wrestling community wants to see something new. It's just every time they trot out something new, it's some configuration of something old, and it's a watered-down version of something we already saw. So it's not actually new. It's just a retread, and, and I think we're all tired of rehashing the past because all it ever does is bring up memories to us of things that were good. And now this kind of, uh, I don't want to use the word bastardized, but bastardized version of something we once knew and once loved. Well, well what about me? What about Parkman? I mean, uh, Raven, what about me? <laughs> what, well, what do you want to see? What, what, what do I want to see? What, what I don't want to see is I don't want to see Pat McAfee ever again behind a wrestling <laughs> announcing table. You know what? I'm, no, the glasses are coming off. The belt, the hat, it's all coming off. I'm done with the gimmicks. I'm done with the child, childhood crap. We're taking it off. All right? You know what? Hey, for, for Miss Blaze herself, you're going to like this one. See this? It's a trash can. I'm going to tell you right now what I don't want to see. I don't want to ever watch a SmackDown. I don't ever want to watch a pay-per-view that has Pat McAfee sitting behind an announcing table ever again. And if anybody, and I mean anybody in here, forces me to do that, you're about to meet your maker, all right? Because I'm, I'm, not, I'm not representing the, rep the, the, the wrestling den right now. I'm not representing that. I'm not representing you guys. I'm representing me and me only when I say this. You want to know who I'm representing right now? Who I'm representing right now Oh, it's the heel turn. This is it. This is it. 
All the madness. Oh, yeah. Macho man, Ricky Savage is not playing around no more. Macho man, Ricky Savage is not going to watch Pat McAfee cost me my new NWO title, baby. That's right. Right here. Champ. The champ is here. I already know I won. I already know I won. But if Pat McAfee ever, and I mean ever, makes me swear on my own stream again, I swear to God, I will watch next week's Raw. It's going to be a bigger challenge if you can get me to watch SmackDown ever. If you can get me to watch SmackDown, I'll give you this title. I guess we'll have to see where this heel, where this heel turn goes over the next couple of weeks then. I'm going to go and, to Pat McAfee's put, house. That's where put, I'm going to go. We put Pat McAfee on notice now. So so let him know, Rick, where to find us next week. If you want to tune in, if you want to watch us, and you want to see what happens with the new and improved, new and improved, Macho Mania, Ricky Savage, Kenny the Man, and Nick the Brick. I don't know why you want to call yourself, Nick. St. Nick. Right now, you're the one representing a face. St. Nick, if you will. You can come tune in every Thursday, 7 p.m., Rhode Island Broadcasting, at Sports Unfolded, at The Wrestling Dead. You can come follow, share, and like us. Follow us on Anchor. Follow us on Spotify. Follow us on Google Podcasts. And make sure, as The Wrestling Dead is on, that you tune in. Because if you thought tonight's antics were exciting, just wait till next week when we go back and we reveal and watch and talk about SummerSlam 91. We appreciate you guys tuning in.